Welcome, everybody, to the Trap Podcast. <laughs> I am your host, Bill Box, along with my father, uh, a beautiful man. The pickle. Lots of, lots of talent who goes by the name The Pickle. <laughs> I hope everyone is doing well. Um, this is going to be a little bit of a weird episode. Not as bad as last episode, which if everyone, if you guys stuck around through the entire episode, our last one, Cooter. God have mercy on your soul. You have, pa- you have passed. Oh, what's that? Death calling at your door? Yes. Dad? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I, just, I just starved them off. <laughs> I sounded like a, uh, uh, like an obscene phone caller last one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the last episode you had some real creepy horror movie vibes slash you would think that you weighed 500 pounds. Um, <laughs> I like the family between, guy clip. <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny, right? So between me complaining about everything, us arguing, my brother half in the bag, my father breathing into the microphone. Uh, it's quite the episode. It was, <laughs> If you made it through the last episode, you are a real fan and you've passed the test. So you are officially um, one of the chosen ones. But uh, it's good to be with everybody. Um, There's a lot to go over. I'm currently in uh, Santa Teresa, Costa Rica, where it's about 5,000 degrees outside. So the deal here is uh, you go down to the beach. The morning is like amazing. It's like 80 to 85 degrees. You go down to the beach, the low tide, you could walk out. It's almost like a mile. You could walk out as far as you want. Everybody's surfing. And then at about noon, one o'clock, it gets very hot till about four. And you have to kind of try to find some shade or hit a, hit a pool or, or something like that because you can't really hang out even in the ocean. Um, so that's what we're doing right now. Uh, we're here for the next week, and um, there's a lot of stuff I want to go over because I feel like it was uh, it was a not-so-hot week for the Devils going into the All-Star break, and there's a lot to go over, uh, you know, regarding the first half of this season, um, and we could take it kind of step-by-step and just see where we think the Devils are going into the second half of the season and really down the stretch and if they're going to be able to make a playoff push. Um so there's a couple ways that we can do this. I guess let's start with, well, let's jump into it. We tried to record this about a half hour ago uh, with video, but the internet here is super shaky. So I'm on my phone right now. Um, and we, we got into some, some of the players and how last year this team, the spirit of the team and the overall vibe of the team is through the roof, something that the Devils organization hasn't seen in a very long time. And we're at the point now where you, I I think the team has kind of lost that mojo to where, you know, you see how Nico Heischer is handling himself in the press conferences after the game. And you see the effort that some of these guys are putting in. We've been coming down to Santa Teresa the past couple of years. And what's crazy is you fly into San Jose and then from San Jose and by San Jose, I mean, San Jose, Costa Rica, And then you have to like push your luggage across the street and there's this little airport where you hop on a puddle jumper and drops you off in the jungle. And last year, um, as I was getting onto the puddle jumper, that's when the Timo Meyer trade went down. And dad, me and you were just talking about players um, who have not, you know, lived up to the hype and, you were kind of going off on Timo Meyer, and why don't we just Absolutely. leave off where you picked up? Yeah, well, Timo Meyer's been been a big, big disappointment for me. <clears throat> I think you know, I I was the first one to go out there buy my Timo jersey when when they thought there was gonna, you know, I was ahead of the curve on that. I saw him play in San Jose. That's the player I wanted. The player we got, totally different player. Um, he didn't perform the end of last year. He had a decent playoff run. And then this year, whether it 
you know, making excuses because of injuries or, or whatever, the guy's a minus 23. He's a minus 23. You see flashes of what we saw in San Jose where you know the guy can play. You know he can be physical. You know he can play 200 feet of hockey. And then you watch a game like the Tampa game, and not because he lost a battle along the boards, because he he just isn't trying. And I know he's playing on the, the wrong side or the opposite side that he's used to, but that's not, it's no excuse. It's absolutely no excuse. He's a minus 23. He has 18 points in 37 games, nine goals. It's like, you got to do better. You're, you're getting paid $9 million. And I hate, I hate people that bring up how much money people make or this and that. And, but, but at this point, uh, Curtis Lazar should not have better numbers than you. Um, Colin Miller, you know, should not be your number one plus minus guy on the team. Um, plus minus is a little plus a little minus is and it is. But I'm t- I'm just talking about I'm watching. I can go down the entire roster. I could tell you Jasper Bratt and, and Jack Hughes and Toffoli and Luke Hughes and Alexander Holtz and, you know, Eric Hall. I could tell you all players that actually look like they're they're putting effort in every shift. And I can't say that about him. And it's you know, you think all those players are putting effort. I in think I think that I think that he's putting on, the man. absolute least amount of effort in out of anybody on the team. That I do believe. I, I'll stand by that one thousand percent. I don't think okay. that everybody but is playing put, up to par. I don't think everybody. Um, you know, Dawson Mercer's not playing up to par. John Marino's not playing up to. To par, Eric Hall is not playing as good as he did last year, but they're all playing better than him. Um, yeah, I mean, that, I, I'm fine with that, but th- don't tell me that all these guys are playing every shift. That that's just ridiculous. Well, Nathan, you know, if he had, yeah, it reminds me of the movie Rudy. You know, if I could take your heart and put it into you know your body or whatever and stuff, it's like that. That's what it looks like. He he looks like he doesn't care. Maybe that big contract just, you know, he figures up, I got my payday, I'm good. And I hope that's not the case. And I hope that he does come around. But I don't even, even if he does come around, we, we make a run, we make a run into the playoffs and he plays good in the playoffs. You don't want to play. I don't want a player like that. I don't want a player that that's only going to play, you know, when they're super meaningful games. You should come to play every game. That's why you get paid all that money. You get paid to strap on those those skates and just play every shift because you're the you're a leader on the team. You're a veteran. You're a guy that's supposed to be setting an example for a young team. And I think that's what we paid him for. And even guys like like Brendan Smith and and you, you got to look at you know he sets a better example. Um, his his play his play, and it's not one game. It's not one game. Um, watch the video of Tampa. It's like give me a break. It's like this guy pulls up every time rather than finishing a check. He doesn't. He's not putting the effort in. He's not back checking the way he should. You know, he's to me blaring. Alexander Holtz is playing ten times better and playing with so much more heart than Timo Meyer right now, and that shouldn't be the case. And that's all I got to say about that. Okay. Well, it's been 34 games and he actually was injured uh, and he did come back early to play versus San Jose. So he was, he, he did come back a little early and, you know, the guys played 400 games in the NHL. I know. He's been a point of game player the entire time. I know. The guy's been, been a point of game player the entire time. Yep. And. We don't have that player. Can I talk? Go ahead. 
you're, you traded these, all these assets to get this guy. The guy's never had a motivational issue in his entire life. Don't tell me that all these other players are given 100% and are playing with heart. I don't want to hear about Nate Bastion's heart. That's, that's a stupid statement because Nate Bastion doesn't do shit. Now, what I do recognize is that this entire team has not played with enough heart. You want to say Timo Meyer's not living up to the expectations to his, to his contract and that he needs to play harder? I am fine with that. I am so on the same page as you. But – Give me a break. Let's not act like everybody is out here running through walls and Timo Meyer is the one guy that's letting everybody down because he's not playing as good. Now, first of all, if you're going to trade all these assets, you're going to pay somebody to be the highest paid forward on your team. He deserves to play at the position that he's had success in. That would make sense. If he's played 50-something games with the Devils between last year into the playoffs and in the beginning of this year, and you haven't found a home for him, the guy's never played on a line for you know more than five games with the same group of people. It's like you want to put him put him somewhere, put him in a position where he's had success his entire career. He's got a four hundred game sample size. That's coaching. That's putting somebody in a position to succeed. At that point, I have no problem with pulling him off the ice and making an example out of him. Who gives a shit? You got him signed for the next eight years. Do what you want with him, but. Let's not pretend like Nico Heischer and Dawson Mercer and Eric Halla and Nate Bastion and all these other people are going out there and they're giving you 100% because that's just so not true. And if you want to pick players game by game, we could do that with every single game. We can go through the list and we could, and we could take it. But it hasn't been – and I understand – I know what you're going to say. It's been, a, it's been an entire year thing. And I agree with you, but it's been 34 games of an entire – career it's like 34 games he deserved, this year he put, it's like, don't tell me he didn't try last year i don't know he he might not have put the puck in the net he wasn't trying i'm just saying i'm not seeing the same player that was he not trying second. last year in the playoffs i, I you feel like he wasn't trying i don't know i'm i'm not seeing the same player that i saw in san jose you watch you watch you didn't even watch him in san jose but let's be real how many san jose sharks are any of us watching okay you know, you're asking you're asking what I say, and I'm telling you what I say. I'm seeing a guy. Do you I'm not see- think that he trade? Do you not think that he played hard in the playoffs last year? I think he did play hard in the playoffs last year. But like I said before, I don't want a guy that just plays hard when when it's on the line. I, you know, you should be able to. Every game is on the line now because every single two points that we don't walk away with at the end of the night. Is that much but the whole team from, looks like shit. Well, the the whole team doesn't look good, but there are some there's some really blaring, obvious things that you could see, like our goaltending, and I'm pointing out him as a forward that he's he's a, a he's he sticks out. He's sticking out. What, what are your thoughts on Nico Heischer's effort? Nico Heischer is Nico Heischer effort. His effort, I think he's playing. I think he's playing. He's played the same amount of games as as Timo. He's got 28 points. He's got 10 more points. He's an even plus minus. I mean, the guy's playing. I don't think I don't think that he's I don't think he's not trying. I think some I think that that every single player in the NHL is going to disappear from time to time, but they're not going to, but it's not it's not going to be the same thing as what, what I'm seeing from him. I think everybody has a bad game. That's going to happen. And I think that the disgust that Nico is, is, you know, is giving out in his interviews and stuff. I think we saw that last year. I, I think that he's not a Lindy rough guy. He doesn't like the way the, the team's being coached. And I would agree with him. Would you not? What about Dawson Mercer's effort? Dawson Mercer, Dawson Mercer's b- being real. Dawson Mercer's in his, you know, he's effort, per, yeah. just effort. I'm not talking about execution. I'm talking about the effort that you're seeing on the ice from these players. I just th- effort. I think I think Dawson Mercer plays every game. I think he makes dumb mistakes from time to time, but I don't think that he's not playing. 
I don't. All right. That's you're you're asking me, and I'm telling you what I say. Do you, right. do you think you you're seeing the same level of compete from from Timo Meyer as uh, Curtis Lazar? I'm not. I'm not defending Timo Meyer's level of compete. I'm talking about the whole team is not competing. That's a problem. The whole team's not being successful. No, they're not competing. So Curtis Lazar is competing. Like you see, there's certain people that are. The most important people on our team are not. That's the problem. That's the most scariest point. Dawson Mercer and Nico Heischer, their effort has never once been questioned, ever. And I am seeing it for the first time. They do not look like players that are putting 100% into every game at all. Maybe we need a new voice. Maybe we need new voice. Yeah, I know. We, we've been saying the same thing for freaking how long. It's like we have to like have some sort of original thoughts on this. We want to continue to talk about the team. And I just think at some point the team looks like they're not – it looks like they're not trying. They look disinterested. Half the games, you get halfway through the second period, it looks like they're waiting for the game to be to end. No? No, I'm I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I'm not happy with with what I'm seeing. I think, you know, then we could we can we can go round and round and round about it, but Obviously, the the biggest issue that I think everybody would agree with is that, you know, Lindy is not is he's just not doing a good job playing people where they should play or or slotting people right. Um, but seeing guys like Max Willem, uh, Willem and, you know, Chris Tierney and stuff, it just. You shouldn't see those guys playing playing harder than some of uh, some of our veterans. I think that. So you are saying that they're not playing hard. I'm saying saying that some of the veterans got to step it up. They definitely have to step it up. So you agree with me? That I, agree, I agree. I agree with you. But, I, but I'm not agreeing with Timo. I'm not agreeing with with Nico Heischer. I'm not saying that Nico Heischer is giving up. I don't think that he's skating around with his shoulder slump that he's not digging in every corner and playing 200 feet. I'm not saying that because I think he is. But John Marino, on the other hand, John Marino shows up. He plays once in a while. Um, like I said, Timo plays once in a while. Um, Paul is not having the same kind of year or effort. Uh, Dawson Mercer Dawson Mercer, although he's not playing as well, I don't think it's I don't think it's not competing. Okay, he's if he wasn't Dawson battles. Mercer, he's not winning battles. If he wasn't, if he wasn't Dawson Mercer, and you didn't give him the benefit of the doubt because that's just the game that he plays, and you watched him play, did you think that he's doing anything? Do you think he's playing as hard as he played last year? Not not executing, not points, playing as hard. Right. And, and, you know, we're, we're just going to start talking about old episodes and stuff. And, and you're saying, okay, Dawson Mercer and Dawson Mercer got pigeonholed for half of the year playing center. And I understand that they put Timo on the wrong side, but playing center and playing, playing um, uh, opposite wing is kind of different. Dawson Mercer is not is not a center. He should he's a winger one hundred percent. And every time that they put him in as center and put Halla on wing, they made a mistake. And I think everybody I could agree. see that. I I agree with you, but they drafted him as a center. <laughs> like I but uh, you know, he was a center when he was drafted. Right? He was drafted as a center, but he's but he had all of his success at a winning at a winger, and it was one hundred percent. And because because he's in the NHL now, he's not he's not playing at the same level as he played in juniors and and everywhere else. He is he's qualified. He's a very well qualified winger, but he's really not a, a center.
I just see a team that looks like they don't have any fire in them. No, I, I don't think so either. And losing and losing will do that to you. And you become, you know, everything is contagious. Winning's contagious and losing's contagious. And when you get in that loser defeated mindset, that's when you need that's when you need your veterans to step up. And you exactly. know, how strange is it for us to be saying this? But boy, do we miss Brendan Smith. Um, you know, we we miss him freaking playing with some fire and getting the guys, you know, riled up. Um, it's, it's, you know, we let up four goals, like two games in a row, like in minutes. It's, you know, and a lot of it, and a lot of it's not the goalie. A lot of it is, you know, people not doing basic, you know, Things and you, you're going to see you're going to see our rookies make mistakes. Nemitz made mistakes. Hughes made mistakes. But guys like John Marino, you know, going or or going to block pucks and when they should be taking the man. Or even at this point, it's like Balls played enough games where where he should, you know, he should figure out that he's got to tie somebody up in front of the net, making a lot of mistakes. The level of disinterest that I'm getting from the team is very concerning. Yeah, um, it's it's disappointing. It's disappointing to watch. It's like you're. I feel like we're more excited to watch these games than they are to play them. So you know, after the after the Tampa loss, um, there was the interview with Nico and a, and a, and Amanda Stein, who's been there for her. Nico's entire career, and I mean, he's played on some very bad teams, and for her to say that this was the most upset and the angriest she's ever seen him after a game, he said he was embarrassed and and whatnot, and rightfully so. I mean, it should be. I think when you say you're embarrassed, you're embarrassed by the level of compete. Like, you're not embarrassed because you lost the game, like, because the other team executed more than you do, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like to be embarrassed means that you didn't put in the effort, you know what I mean? Like, it's one thing if everybody's playing their balls off and you lose a game and you're like, all right, we got to tighten some things up or do this or do that. If you, if you say you're embarrassed, I think it is about the level of compete because that's something that you can control. And that would be the only reason that you would be embarrassed. No, I agree with you. That. You know what I mean? Like as if you knew that you didn't really. I, give totally, I totally agree with that. If you say, and when you say you're, and when somebody says they're embarrassed, it doesn't mean that they're embarrassed on what they did. They're embarrassed on what their team did. And, you know, I guarantee you there's a lot of finger pointing going around in the locker room and stuff. And then, you know, it comes like we, we've said this a million times and stuff. You you knew that Nico didn't want Lindy back. But and then all of a sudden he's he's benching guys like Timo and then you don't see the effort out of Timo. It's, you know, I think that that you're breeding a bad um uh I don't know the word culture. Yes, you're breeding a bad culture. It's like you're not breeding a winning culture. Winning culture is the way we played last year, we're down by two goals, yeah, we're going to get it back. And I I don't think that we have that this year. By no means. And I don't think it's one player or two players. I don't think it's because Jack's out of lineup and Dougie's out of lineup. I think that <clears throat> I think that you know, leadership is is a problem, and it starts it starts with the guy in the suit behind the de- uh, behind the bench, and then it goes to well, and and Nico's got to bear that responsibility too. He's got to be, you know, he's got to be Fitzgerald. more vocal. Everybody has to. Everybody's got to step up. All no, league. but there's a couple key spots. There's a couple key. There's a everybody's not created equal, and, and Tom Fitzgerald, Lindy Ruff, Nico Heischer in that particular order. And then it would go down to a, a Palat and a brat. And, you know, when, when you're missing a guy like Dougie and like, you're missing a Jack Hughes, like you're going to need those guys to really, you know, that's why you bring a guy like Palat in is to try to, you know, speak some sense into it. A guy that's been around the block, he knows what winning culture is. Um, and he's a guy that he plays hard. Like there's no doubt about that. He's been injured way too much. It's been, uh, it's like since we've got him, 
the amount of games that he's missed is, is no, really no, I know. discouraging. But, so, but everybody waiting around and, and if you follow Twitter and everybody talking about, oh, we got to pick up this guy and pick up that guy. It's like, you know, at this point, I feel like you're picking up this guy and picking up that guy. Do we need another defenseman? Yeah. Do we need a better goalie? Yeah, absolutely. But it's like that's not the silver bullet. The, the, there's something there's something much more serious wrong with the team. And I think that's I would agree. And I, I, I think that that's that's he's lost the locker room. I think he's lost well, the he- locker room and. And then it bleeds down into, well, who are the leaders on the team? Nico's the leader on the team. Like it or not, Smith is the leader on the team. Timo's the leader on the team. Plot's the leader on the team. And when some of those guys aren't going out and, you know, you know, running through walls for you, well, then you can't expect the young guys to do it either. It, ha- it has to come from within. It does. And, and it has to be... And it has to be led. There, ha- people have to lead by example. And it's like I am disappointed. I am personally, and whether people want to agree with it or not, I really don't care. But it's like I'm disappointed in the level of leadership from Nico Heischer, from Jesper Bratt, from Andre Pilat, even though he's missed a ton of games. Um, and I mean, yeah, definitely a guy like John Marino. John Marino, I mean, like shit like there's you can't call him a leader at this point i'm not trying to shit on all these guys either like if you go back like let's look at the first half of the season um the devils came into this season with so many the expectations were so high one of the favorites to win the stanley cup i i think a lot of people were we did not get off to a good start with everyone healthy so let's all keep that in mind it's very easy to blame all these injuries and, and we'll, we can go player by player through the roster, and it's a really easy to blame everything on goaltending. But the truth is, the team was not playing well when everyone was healthy. We thought we were going to have one of the deepest lineups in the NHL, and you, you lose a guy like Dougie Hamilton, and, and people were getting on Dougie Hamilton for his defensive play and how he's a defensive liability. And I'm not even really going to argue with that because I think that, that part of that is true. But the level of offensive ability and the way that he tilts the ice and when he's on the ice, the amount of time that the puck is spent in our playing in the other team's offensive zone, sure, like you, I will gladly take, you know, the level, tilting the ice to where we're playing offense 65% of the time when Dougie's out there and he's playing defense 35% of the time and he has defensive deficiencies, sure. You look at a guy like Jonas Siegenthaler who – Let's be real. Like, I think he played over his head a little bit. He had a career year and suppressing shots and was one of the best defensive defensemen in the league. He had to clean up, you know, the stuff, that, the Dougie scraps, let's say, and, and kind of make sure that we had a we had an able body that was able to um, defend odd man rushes when Dougie was taking offensive chances. So to see him come back down to, to reality this year, wasn't that much of a surprise to me, especially when he wasn't paired with Dougie Hamilton anymore. You know, John Marino. John Marino is a guy who I think Pittsburgh Penguins knew exactly who he was. I don't think Marino is as bad as he's played this year, but I don't think he's as good as he was last year. I think he's somewhere in between. And um, I expect more from him. He definitely has – he's been probably the biggest disappointment on the team this year. Kevin Ball was still a rookie. He was still, you know, still had a big question mark over his head coming into the year. Where was he going to play? He was going to be a sixth, you know, fifth or sixth defenseman. He's definitely struggled at times. And Luke Hughes, he looked good in like five playoff games. But let's be real, like we really, he was un, he was an unknown. He was a rookie defenseman. We knew what we were going to get. We knew that we were going to get a guy that could skate with the puck, um, and. He, he was going to be able to bring some offense from the back end, but he was going to have some stupid rookie defenseman mistakes that every rookie defenseman has. And I think that he's been pretty much on par for, for what I expected from him this year. Um, you know, we were hoping that Nemitz was going to make the team from camp. Realistically, 
it was a big ask and it was pretty risky if you were to try to put him on the team and have Hughes, Nemitz, and Ball back there. That's like your defensive core is too important to have so many unknowns. You know what I mean? So they put so they put Smith back there, and then obviously when people started going down, they bring Nemitz up, and he's looked really good, but he makes defensive lapses too, just like any rookie would. What I really like for the future is the way that Nemitz and Hughes play defense are so different, and they complement each other so well. It's like one guy loves to skate with the puck, the other guy loves to dish the puck and try to find open ice. I think it's like, it's great. Like, it would almost be redundant if you had two guys that just love to skate with the puck all the time. You know what right, I mean? And right. I think it's very, very similar to why, like, I don't like Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt on the same line together because there's only one puck on the ice. It's like there, there's not enough puck to go around for, for their skill set. You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. Um, so Timo goes down. We talked about Timo already. He's been very disappointing. I think he came back early because he wanted to play versus former team San Jose. They ended up losing that game. Um, but he, you know, you see it from him, and then you don't see it from him. Uh, who who else have we lost this year? We Obviously, we've lost Palat. Palat's been riddled with injuries since the moment we've signed him. Jack Hughes injured again. Nico Heischer injured. So, yes, there have been a lot of injuries. <laughs> the goaltending. We knew what the goaltending was coming into the season. I mean, just from the excitement that Vitek Banachek had last year with his success, you should have known that he was not used to that kind of success. Like, it's like he was, he was you know, living in the moment, and God bless him because he seems like such a great guy. But you knew that there was a big question mark. I was never completely sold on Akira Schmidt. He came in, he won that Ranger series for us on his back, and I was, that's awesome. I mean, you love that. But you see that in the playoffs all the time. You see these kids come in, and they'll be called upon, and they'll just run with it, and they'll run them as long as they can. Um, but to me, I, I wasn't sure that Schmidt was really be, was capable of being a backup. But you, you don't know until you play the kids. So I was fine with them going out and playing them. Um, the the price for Hellebuck would have been a lot. There still could have been some. I I still think they could have made a move, and I still think that the roster was so strong in front of the in front of our net that it was kind of a fumble to not put somebody, even if it was just a really solid backup, to where when Vitek looked the way he did this year, you could have had at least a guy that has NHL experience in there to try to pick up some of that slack. Um, the multi-year extension with Ruff, it's going to be a two-year deal that, that he gets. Now, here's the thing. I like Tom Fitzgerald, and I love what he's done for this team, and I think he's made majority of the right decisions. I like his draft picks. I think the draft picks have been great. He really went out on a limb when he, when he drafted Nemitz. Everybody was into – Shane Wright, and um, and you see what Nemitz is doing. I sent you that article from the Athletic today. Uh, there was a there was a Nemitz article in the Athletic that was pretty good. And you saw like they just posted his card on uh, I think Jay Fresh Hockey, where it's like this kid is just he looks like he's going to be the real deal. You're going to have two superstars on your back end for a very long time. But you know. Here's the one thing that I kind of don't think Fitz has under control yet. So the guy, Michael DeCaro, that hits us up, he's a, he's a friend of the podcast. You know, Lou Lamarillo always had his finger on the pulse of his team. And I'm not sure that Tom Fitzgerald is maybe that – and I think that may be something that you learn over time. You know, and it's like, I'm not sure that he knows his team inside and out from uh, whether it's moral vibe or, or whatever. I don't know if he has his finger on the pulse of the team because it does look like Nico Heaser is extremely frustrated with Lindy Ruff. Um, and it does look like the team looks disinterested at times, which we never saw last year, regardless of what the score was in the game. 
And it's like, you look at Lou Lamorello and, and it's like, that's such a gift. And it's, it's like, that's just such knowledge that I think people, people shit on Lou because he left us with no, with no assets in the cupboard and he traded everybody away to try to make a run. And he, he's kind of done the same thing with the Islanders. And, but he was just always knew when something wasn't right and he wasn't scared to make a move. And I think that that level of confidence, you saw what he did with Totorek, you saw him do it. He, he did it to everybody, really. I mean, he fired a coach going into the playoffs. Right, right. And it's like he just knew what his team needed, and he knew that they needed a spark, and he knew that it probably is not fair to the coach or he's going to upset some people, but he wasn't scared to do it. And I've always thought about, you know, a lot of the great sports minds, whether it's Bill Belichick or, you know, just people that have been around for a very long time and are very well-respected, they've always said, you want to get rid of someone, right? You'd rather get rid of somebody a year early than a year later. So, like, if somebody is, let's say you have a veteran on your team, for instance, and they're producing, and you're like, we could probably get one more year out of them, you're better off trading him when he's still producing at his highest value and rather than waiting that extra year and having that um, regression and having that decline in his, um, whether it's statistics or output, and then trying to get rid of him. And I kind of feel like we peaked with Lindy Ruff. We did. We, we broke the all-time Devils scoring points record in a season. We peaked. He's never going to do that again. Like, to where I understand that he deserves the benefit of the doubt coming into this season, and he hasn't had the goaltending, and he hasn't had the health that we got last year. But at some point, you would rather get rid of him sooner than let it drag on and completely torment and create something in our locker room that doesn't need to be there. You know what I mean? You could still save these kids and, and have them be productive. And and I'm saying there's enough season left right now. The Metro's been so bad that the Devils are still somehow <laughs> within reaching no, distance. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And you don't, want, you don't want to create a losing environment. We have too many young kids on the team you know, Luke Hughes and, and Nemitz and, you know, uh, we have too many young kids that you don't want to teach them how to lose. We should be teaching everybody how to win. And it's like, if Lindy can't do that right now, it's, it's you know, you got to cut him loose. You really got to cut him loose because all it does is create a bad vibe, bad juju, whatever you want to call it. It's not a positive atmosphere and people aren't going to want to play here. Yeah, well, I think they still have so much young talent around them that, like, people see what it, you know, they see the potential in the team and the organization. Um, I'm talking about like, our young talent wanting to stay here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you look at the way Holt, you know. Look at the effort that he it was, puts in. It was scary. It was scary that the, the Carolina game, it was scary that, the tyranny Dowling Holtz line by far was our best line. Exactly. That was scary. Exactly. Explain that. They look they look like the only ones that wanted to be there. Like, let's be real. Like it was like, wow. The Carolina game, I didn't get to I watched the Tampa game, but the internet here is like so so shoddy. I, the Carolina game, I was like I was just literally distraught by the Nico Timo Brat line. I was like, this is just, these guys are all way too good to be like putting in this kind of effort. And it's like to see that that fourth line play the way that they did, Holtz was shot out of a cannon. Like, it's like Dowling was playing awesome. And then you're like, yeah, this is not good. This is not good that these guys are the most impressive people on the ice right now. Um, so, you know, you think about 2022 and the off season, and Mike brought this up. Like Jim Montgomery was out there. It's like imagine getting Jim Montgomery. Imagine getting Bruce Cassidy. Like 
there were some good coaches out there. I don't know who the Devils really go after right now. Um, our buddy Jeff from uh, Devils Insiders brought up uh, Craig Berube. He would be a guy that would light a fire under their ass. Like, you get the Chief in here, he would definitely – he would put a skate in people's ass to get them moving. But, like, at this point, like, I'm not sure what you do as far as coach – this coaching goes, you know what I mean? Like who, who are you going to go out and get? You can't, you can't, we can't continue to say fire somebody unless you have a replacement. Well, I would rather use whoever we have behind the bench right now. I'd rather use green, um, promote Sarge, let him sit in green spot, you know, do something. Um, but I don't think we're doing the right thing right now. And I don't think Lindy. See, I don't think that that works. I, I don't well, think that I, it, you I just think like, you finish out the season with you finish out the season with somebody else, but I think you cut cancer out, and I think that we've we've identified the cancer. At least in my eyes, I have. Well, what it would be is you know what you could do is you can get rid of Ruff, and you can have Travis Green be the interim head coach, which. I don't want Travis Green to be the head. No, coach. No, I don't I want him to be the head coach either. I think I think you need a full. I need a full sweep, new coaching staff. You know, I'm not including Sergey Breland or anything, and I'm not saying that Travis Green couldn't interview for an assistant coach. I think you need new, like you need a new leader straight up because when you when you do the interim coach thing, it's really the same thing. You know what I mean? Because the assistant coach is the one that is really communicating the most with all the players. You know what I mean? Coming down from the head coach, so. I don't think it's. I don't think it would make that big of a difference. Where it would come into play would be Tom Fitzgerald would be able to tell Travis Green, "Hey, listen, you're going to give Holt some top nine, <laughs> top nine minutes." You know what I mean? Like Lindy Ruff is gone. You're going to play Holt here. I want to see what we have in this person. Play this person here, so I know what I have as far as. What I need to do in the offseason, how I need to make a move, who plans on being part of the future, everybody's jobs are in jeopardy kind of thing. To where that would be kind of nice because you would see what upper management really wants to get a good idea of, of who's going to be part of this long term or who they want to showcase to try to move. Um, and it, it does, it, it gets... It gets into a weird, clunky, gray area of if this team comes back from the all-star break and we continue to play the way that we have, I would not be surprised to see a big trade. I, 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 don't, I, I don't see, see a trade coming. I, I could see a trade coming. I could see a trade coming only because you know that, that Dougie's – A big trade. A big trade would be good. I mean, I, I would welcome a big trade, but you you know you still have you still have that same problem. You still have that you know you don't have the motivation factor that that you should have. And a big trade is that going to change our you know our culture? Yeah, it could. It could. So, like when I say like a big trade, I'm talking. I wouldn't be surprised if they like all right, you want to fire Lindy Ruff and you want to make Green the interim coach, but then you make a big trade. And, like, it could be a guy, like, think about how Florida made the trade and they traded everybody away to get Matthew Kachuk. Right. That was a big trade. That was. That changed the culture of the team. You could – and the guys that would get traded – are going to be some of these lighter guys, some of these guys that have speed and can produce and can do all these things, but they know at a ton of value that another team would clearly really want. And it could be, you know, I've seen it floating around. It could be a Jesper Bratt or it could be. They, they're not going to trade I, Jesper Bratt. I, 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 I don't see that happening. I don't see. I'm just saying if they, if, if they were going to make a big trade, it would be somebody that puts up a ton of points. It's clearly very skilled. Like it has to be like somebody that has a ton of value. Otherwise you're not going to get a ton of value back. I'm saying if they're trying to get a character type player, they're never going to trade Jack Hughes. They're never going to trade their captain. I mean, they just signed Timo Meyer. 
And actually, like, I think, like, if they were to try to get him going, that's the kind of player they're actually looking for. He's not playing like it now, but they're looking for somebody that can play heavier and play, you know, a more physical game, like a playoff-bound game. He's not playing like it now, but I don't know. I I just think that there is room for something big to happen. And, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you're going to give it another year, see what happens, but – I don't know. It's been a very disappointing season. Yeah, it has been disappointing. And, you know, we could go back and, yeah, we had injuries and this and that. But you're supposed to be able to play through. And the most disappointing, like I said, the most disappointing thing about this season is we can go out and beat the Stanley Cup champs. And then we can go and play, you know, a game like we played against uh, Tampa Bay. It's like you can't – I know Carolina was in the middle of that, but it's – you're showing that you can, if you put the effort in and you you play hard, that you can win games, but you're not going out and putting the effort in. And then you have to start looking at the players, and it's like, great, you, you bench Timo, but why didn't you bench a couple other guys too? It's like – you know, you see our defense. You can't afford to bench anybody on defense because we don't have anybody. If we if we're going to go go make a move, we we need to get. You know, Siegenthaler's not coming back, and neither is is Hamilton. Siegenthaler might come back. You know, for the playoffs, but it's like we we need. You can't. Oh, he'll be back before that. He's got a broken foot. He does have a broken foot, but they, you know, I don't think he's yeah, broken. Be back before the playoffs. Uh, you think that his broken foot's going to be better in? in the next six weeks? Yeah. I hope so. I, God, I hope you're right. But I mean... Yeah, a, a broken foot doesn't take two months to heal. <clears throat> I don't know. I would yeah, like to back. see... I would like to see Palat. I would like to see Mercer. I would like to see, you know, Timo more than anybody else. And Hall, I'd like to see these guys, you know somebody putting a foot up their ass and saying, get out there and play the way we know you can play. It's like play. If, and if you can't play a skilled game and if you're, if they're that much faster or this and that, at least, at least play the entire game, finish your checks, back check, do all the things that, you know, I'm not saying you got to score every, uh, every goal and you have to, you know, have assists every game, but at least play the entire, the, your entire shift. You're asked to play what? 16, 45 second shifts. It's like, come on, man. There's, there's no reason why they can't do this. We're like the easiest team to play against. We are the easiest team. We are soft. And it's like, there's no reason for us to be soft. There's, there's absolutely no reason. Look at, you know, you you go back and forth. You look at the game that we played against uh, against Vegas, and you look at you look at what Timo did in that game, and you see that he is capable of being that big physical guy playing, winning all the battles along the boards and stuff like that. It's like we shouldn't have to beg these guys to play. I know, but you're game. talking about the Vegas game, dude. They. They let up like four goals in the second no, period. I believe me. I, I I'm not saying that that's the way we should play all the time. But I'm saying that we should be able to play. We should finish checks. We should be. If you're not going to be a hard person to to play against, that's that's what I think we should be. All right, on to the next. Michael McLeod. So. Michael McLeod has taken an indefinite leave of absence. There's been speculation about him for years around this 2018, you know, Canadian juniors team, sexual assault. Listen, we're not, we're not lawyers. We're cops or whatever. And it's like, we're not going to pretend to be. Um, if someone was sexually assaulted and Michael McLeod was part of that, you know, he deserves to get whatever happens to him. Um, we think that there may be um, a chance that Michael McLeod is found innocent based upon friends of the podcast who have ties to the situ- to that situation. But anyway, 
um, we're wishing the best for the victim and, um, and I hope that's the case. I hope that all the guilty parties are, uh, are dealt with correctly, but you know, I really don't have much to say on Mike McLeod until it comes down the line, but obviously he was like one of the players that was playing the best on the team. And of course now we're dealing with this and, um, it's bigger than hockey. So we'll see what happens with Michael Cloud. Stadium series, uh, the stadium series jerseys finally get released. <laughs> They're not going to be ready it's until like, the middle of March. <laughs> it's like, you're not able to order them until next week. And so let's say I want to get a Jersey made. You're not going to have it for the, yeah. you're not going to have it for it's the like, game. What, what are you thinking? It's like, talk about poor planning. It's like, yes, you're getting married uh, June 1st, but your wedding dress isn't going to be done until uh, August. It's like, give me a break, man. It's like you didn't, you had, you had all year to plan this, but they knew that they were having a stadium series last year. That's, that's sad. That's sad. Shame on shame on the devils. It's not the devils. It's the NHL. Well, shame on the the NHL. NHL is just, clearly allergic to making money. Um, they really don't do much right when it comes to marketing themselves and whatnot. But the overall jersey design, I really liked it. I thought it came out great. Yeah, I thought it was sure. I was, I, I, I was really – I don't have – yeah, I, I don't have much faith in when they're going to come out with something new. And it was for the longest time the Devils never had an alternate jersey or anything it was like the Devils actually just kept it classic for so long. Uh, it wasn't until the Jersey jersey that they, they actually had a jersey that didn't have the NJ on it. Um, but I really liked the jersey. I thought it came out great. And, um, yeah, hopefully if I buy one uh, sometime soon, I'll get it for the beginning of next season. Um, oh, my God. I got trolled into the, in, in the Internet, into the Twitter uh, – Devils uh, universe, which we talked about how toxic the Devils Twitter universe is. And it's like, oh, my God, they got me, too. And uh, I feel like such an idiot. I'm, like, arguing with a guy who, uh, you know, it's like some, like, 30-year-old man in his mom's basement writing his name on the orange juice. You know what I mean? His Facebook or his... uh, Twitter handle is Yukon Cornelius. And I'm like, <laughs> what am I, what am I doing? Why, why am I talking to this guy? Yeah. And we're fighting. Um, and it was funny because they think that I have so much time that I'm creating multiple accounts and then commenting from multiple accounts about us. Oh, very good. So I, I wouldn't so, even I wouldn't even think of that. <laughs> so, so, so this is this is the level of of what we're dealing with here. But here, listen. So it was Sean Matthews reached out and said something. There was like a I don't know. They started arguing online, and Sean Matthews reaches out and is like, "Yeah, I think the trap podcast is the best" or something. And they get into this huge fight, right? And they're like, oh, Bill, Bill's really Sean Matthews. He's just doing it. To, and I'm like, <laughs> what the hell are we talking about here? And I've done nothing but be so cool with everybody. I'd give away free tickets. And, and I got, I'm, so I don't funny. have the time to like argue with complete strangers. But it's like, there's like these like sloppy, sloppy dudes who've never put on a pair of skates in their life talking shit to Sean Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, Sean Matthews is literally like the nicest, sweetest guy ever. Right. But he is built like a brick shit house and would squash their heads like right. grapes. Right. I never saw them he's, in person. He's you know played I mean? with Sydney Crosby. I mean, he, he <laughs> might know something about what he's talking about. <laughs> oh, my God. He would put one of these people through the board. I just, yeah. Like, the, twi- he, the Twitter. And he's, and, God. He's arguing with... Uh, with Yukon Cornelius and um, and then this girl Mandy, who claims to be a stripper from Canada, and um, she she basically told me to shut the fuck up. Or didn't basically? That's exactly what she said. 
and uh and i said i said like something snarky back to her and she said listen i'm gonna screw your father on the hill that you die on and i was like wow i'm like <laughs> good for you like, good for you dad make sure you wrap it up <laughs> It's like I can't even wow, go that, on. That's, that's, that's pretty. That's, that's very pretty deep. That's pretty deep. That that took a lot of thought. Sounds <laughs> like a good kid. <laughs> but I can't. I really can't. Like when when it starts going south like that, it's like I I can't even read that stuff because some of the stuff is just so asinine, and a lot of the stuff about McLeod, and it's like you know you you don't want to. Everybody is totally sympathetic about what's going on, but until you, you know, until you find out exactly what's like, who would make up something like, it's like, you don't know. Nobody knows. We don't know. We have no clue. It's like, we weren't there. So it's like, you weren't there. It's like, let it play out. And then after the facts come out, then comment on it. It's like, I I just, all the commenting on this stuff is like ridiculous. It's just... It is. It's like trolling for a fight. I can't. Yeah. Well, that's what they are. They are. You know, I, I think a lot of people. I, I don't have that well, kind well, of time. You know the... I don't have that kind of time there to to put in to listen to that bullshit. Well, well, it's like, you know, there's just a lot of people that just don't have really, I think, much going on, and they just like sit behind their computer and will never show their face. Meanwhile, I'm posting videos of me and my father on. <laughs> There's videos of us on there, our faces, who we are. We're, right. I'm like the most accessible person well, ever. Like, they, you know, that, that would go. That would go to why she would want to get me on that hill. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's something about short, fat, bald people that interests a lot of people. <laughs> You figure if you're if you're gonna have to watch your son die, you might as well get laid on that. Or <laughs> the thought of my dad getting laid on the hill that my I'm dead on is gross. Taking a bullet. <laughs> gross. That would kill you enough. <laughs> Move me to a different hill. Um, but. No need to kill me. I'm jumping. I'm jumping off this look, cliff. Look, it's like, and it's like, these are the people that we're rooting for the same team with. <laughs> these are the people I'm trying to get listened. <laughs> hey, it's Jersey. What are you gonna do? Uh, All right. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. We got the All Star break. I, I kind of the All Star break sucks. It does. It does. But the only good part about it is hopefully we get a little healthier. Jack will be back afterwards, hopefully. Um, and, you know, it'll be like the start of a new season and we're not that far out. You know, maybe somebody could whisper in these guys' ears and, and you know, get everybody on the same page and get the new sense of energy going throughout that locker room because we do have good enough hockey players to definitely come in second in our division. I mean, we, we are definitely not well, third. Well, I'm just saying we're not, we're not just, we're not just wild card material. We have good hockey players and without Dougie, we're definitely not as good, but you know, we're, we're good enough to, to be in the Metro in the top of the Metro. So let's, you know, let's hopefully hopefully we, we come out of the all star break with a new sense of energy. That I would it might be time for a Patrick Elias show up for practice. Absolutely. Or Travis, Absolutely. Or a Trav or a Travis Scott show up to practice. Yeah, but he, he doesn't show up to practice. No, I'm I know, but I mean guys that have done, an old voice. Listen, yeah, I know. But that's not he doesn't do that. Like Scott Stevens doesn't show up for practice. But Travis Ajak and Patrick Eliash have showed up for practices and have showed up and stayed close to the organization and tried to mentor and, and try to speak to some of these kids. And a guy like Travis Ajak goes a long way. He's a guy that is just – his word is golden. He, he, is, a, he is a pro's pro. Um, and there's – I'm sure – 
And like I'm sure when he talks, that some of these younger kids would really listen to it. Yeah. A guy that's played that long in the league. And same thing, same thing goes with Eliash, especially if you're a foreign kid. You know what I mean? Like, um, but there needs to be something. Like you said, I hope they get their health back a little bit. But there needs to be some sort of rejuvenation or, or right. something that that happens because the way the effort that we've seen as of late is not, not going to be good enough. Yeah, it's not good. Enough. There's too many. You know what? There's too many teams that don't have the talent that we do that are going to play harder than right. we play exactly. to get that last Absolutely. spot. So it's like you're going to just have to you're going to have to step it up and show how bad you really want it. And you have the talent to do it despite having the amount of youth that you have um because our 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 young players have actually played very good. It's like very few teams would be able to lose such anchors on their back end and replace them with two rookies and still be in the position that we're in today. So, right. And that's a great, uh, it's a great idea to have those guys, uh, you know, guys like um, Zajac or, or Eliash come into the locker room and, you know, and talk to them and, let them know. Yeah, and they do like. practice and they practice with them. You yeah. Know I mean? It's like, like just to, just to, Hey, you know what? It's like, this is new beginning. This starts right here, right now. Commitment starts right here. Everybody has to be fully committed in what we're doing. That, it would be just good. a level of intensity, just a level of intensity that those guys bring to a practice and focus and everything like that. I think, would rub off on everybody, you know what I mean? Especially a guy like Travis Zajac who knows Nico and like Patrick Elias knows Nico. I mean, it might be good for him to have a little support come from, you know, come from people that he looked up to. Sure, you know, no, absolutely. You know, you know absolutely. what I mean? I agree. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Unless <laughs> something happens, there's really no reason to have another podcast while I'm down here. Um, we uh we're gonna go do our thing and um all right yeah i don't know it's been a pleasure talking with everybody hope everybody enjoys the break and uh we'll talk soon billy enjoy your Um, sunset there and uh i'm gonna go look for a hill i'll see you later (laughs) (laughs) all right right. my name is bill box we'll talk soon take it easy guys